Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Thank you for listening again today. As I, yesterday, I talked out of Deuteronomy and I talked about the first commandment that uh, that was mentioned in Exodus, you shall have no other gods before us. And that's kind of what I was finishing with yesterday. I said I wanted to talk about five areas that we need to recognize. And there's no particular order of these areas, but something that we need to talk about. So we're going to do that today after I pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for all you do and all you continue to do in our lives. Touch us, heal us, be near us, May we follow you with everything we have. Lord, be with the pastors, be with the leaders, be with the various churches in Treasure Valley. Touch their lives. Open up great doors. May we have great unity in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the lost world. God, fill our churches. And Lord, help us not to be so concentrated on our churches, but to be concentrated on the lost and to show them the love of Jesus Bless your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the first area I want to look at today is put first, put God first in your finances. I can say this. We've seen God work wonderfully in the lives of our church. So many are honoring God with their first fruits of their labor. I remember years ago when I came to Cloverdale, we had about 50 people, and the church was behind on paying for their building, and it was kind of a mess. And one of the things I realized that people were tithing, but the tithes were coming in. And I've always been taught to tithe on the tithes that come in. And our churches I've ever been at have always done that. And this church had not. So I said, we're going to start tithing on what comes in as a tithe to the church. And we started doing that. And folks, I'm telling you what, God blessed We had 22 straight years of making our budget, and we have never spent over our budget ever in all the years I've been here. And we've made budget, I think, all but one year, but we didn't overspend that year because we are faithful to God. We gave our first fruits to him. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Oh, but pastor, that's Old Testament. Yes, it is. And shared by who God's what God said was the wisest man to ever live, which was Solomon who shared it. In Micah 3, the Bible tells us we rob God by not putting him first in our giving. See, many people have made finances their little God. Remember I talked about the little G yesterday? And our God, our Heavenly Father, has no part in it. In the Word of God, we are taught to honor God first. But so many throw that out. I had a guy recently just in in very, he does real well, and and he gave us a very good-sized check for the church. He said, I just... God has instructed me to pay 10% of what I what I make, and he always takes care of me. And I said, well, thank you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to God because you're listening to the things of God. And we hear a lot of arguments about that, and it's not something I hammer home. I don't make people feel guilty because the New Testament says you don't want to give with compulsion. You don't want to give with bad attitude. You want to give with a heart thankful that you're giving. So that's, you know, we just... It's, it's something as pastors hard to talk about, but yet the people need to know God's truth. In the Word of God, we are taught to honor God first. Easy fix if we're having struggles. Ask God to forgive us and to change things, and He will. He'll, and when we put Him back on the throne of our lives, we'll start seeing things go a, a positive direction. The second area is put God first in your interests. God has given each one of us interests that we need to look at and see where God is at. 
Years ago, I loved coaching football. It was a big interest of mine, and I was blessed by God using it at that point to bring a number of kids to church and exposing them to the things of God. I'm glad then I didn't get in trouble by the school district for having a portion of my football team come to visit our youth group. I know so many of you who are so influential in your workplace. You're showing God every day by who you are. Even as I'm in the state house every day, I see people that stand up for God every day. They stand up for the things of God. They're not ashamed. I am so proud of those people. So many times we go in a corner. We hide it under a bushel. We don't want people to see it. We don't want to cause controversy. We don't want to cause issue. So we shove God under the carpet. Congratulations to you who do not do that, that you you share things for the glory of God. He will remain on the throne of your life when you live for him, when you trust in him. Sometimes we need time to reflect. So let's reflect for a moment. What is important in your life? What is it? It may not be sports. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your work, whatever it might be. And the next question is, what is the proof of your love for whatever that is? What is the proof? What is the proof of your love for God? If you went to court, would it stand up or die because of a lack of evidence? You say you're a Christian. You say you're a believer. You say you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. What is the evidence of that in your life? Do you honor God? I've seen programs in churches that have just struggled big time and find out that in that program, so many of the people are not honoring God. It's no wonder the program is failing. It's no wonder people are are struggling. We can talk a big talk. Oh, it's easy to talk a big talk. Oh, I'm a great Christian. I do all these things. I give to the needy. I do this. I do that. I read the Bible every day. You know, but is your life a living representation of Jesus Christ on a daily basis? We need to put God first in our relationships. What kind of relationships are we choosing? Are these relationships honoring the one true God, or have they become a little God of their own? About 45 years ago, there was this one girl that had this major crush on me. Oh, it was flattering, but it was scary. She wrote me a note one day that said, I would even go to hell for you. Oh, man, I ran like a scared rabbit, I could tell you that. I wanted no part of that philosophy. But I look back years later, and I wish I would have had the guts to talk to her about that phrase and say, you know, it's nice that you felt that way for me, but that's wrong, and that's just something that uh, should have never happened. You should never have that feeling. The good news, she did come to church once. We didn't date or anything, We, but uh, I just thank the Lord. I was able to have the courage to say, no, I just, you know, I need somebody that's going to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind. But I do feel bad that I didn't have a greater chance, or I had a chance, but I did not witness to her like I probably should have. And I hope today that woman, I can't remember her name, frankly, but I hope today that somehow, some way that she's found Jesus. Proverbs 27, 19 says more words, and these are more words from Solomon. A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. There you go. There's a wake up call, folks. Take a peek into your life and see how the scripture may look for you. Sometimes our friends become small gods to us, and they come before Almighty God. Folks, you can change that. I'm not saying ditch your friends. Listen to me carefully. I'm not saying ditch your friends. I have 
non-Christian friends. And I imagine God has allowed some of them to be a part of your life so you can breathe Jesus into them. I want to bring breathe Jesus into these people's lives. But if you're fulfilling that, then God is leading you. But if God is no part of that, then ask him to change it today. He wants you to be in solid relationships. He wants you to be around people that love God and serve God. We need to put God first in troubled times. That's another one. And that's the fourth one. We all have troubled times, don't we? We all have struggled from time to time in situational things. The question is, where is God in that? Are you relying on him? Are you calling on him? He is there waiting for you. In fact, David in Psalms 15, excuse me, Psalm 50, 15 says, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. God will deliver us. He will know it. And you will know it and you will honor him. That one affects us all. So give your troubles and your trials to him and trust him to deliver you and put legs on your prayers. Many times he's asking us to change things in our lives to get things straightened out. Folks, we have to have the courage to straighten things out. We have to take time to reflect on our lives. I think the truth of the matter is, and I am guilty as anyone, is that we don't take time to reflect on our lives. We need to take time, reflect, put God first in your schedule. I'm so glad years ago I had influencers in the church who showed me by example that starting out, uh, starting out each day alone with God was a great thing to do. I mean, I would pray throughout the day, but I didn't start out alone with God. I think it may be one of the greatest things that has helped me in my life. Now, every morning, I go up, and I go up to my I call it my prayer loft. You know how you have a prayer closet? I have a loft. We have a bonus room. I have a lounge chair up there. I go up there early in the morning, and I spend time alone with God. I spend time praying and listening and and asking him to guide my life. And then many times I turn on my my Gideon's app, and I listen to to, uh, chapters of the Bible as is reading. And I try to saturate what is being said to me. I try to let it penetrate my life and my heart, and it has been one of the greatest practices that I've ever had. But I'm thankful for a man in my church that taught me. He said, look, you can pray a lot, but the best thing to do is to start your day out in prayer. And now it's such a habit, and I just love it, and I look forward to it. You know, normally it's anywhere between 4.15 and 5.30 that I wake up, and I go up there and... uh and sometimes I want to go back to sleep, and sometimes I do. I listen, I turn on the Gideon app, and I listen to chapters and chapters, and then sometimes I drift off, and in my subconscious I hear even uh, a word from God through the through the uh, through the Bible's passage, and you know. But I just love that. But we need to practice that. So put God in the midst of your schedule. Put Him first. Spend time with him. I don't care when. Maybe it's late at night. My wife is certainly more of a late night person, and I'm more of an early morning person. But whatever it is, don't leave God out of your schedule because he wants to bless you. He wants to touch your life. He wants to bring glory to you, and and he wants the glory back to him. He wants us to say, thank you, Lord, for helping us in our lives. The glory should all go to God, all glory and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. He loves you. 
I hope you have a phenomenal day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.